Up with the world news today is kind of like taking a ride on the King de Ka, the tallest roller coaster in the world. It's really hard to keep up with it. We never know which way we're going up or down, but from one day to the next, we are completely bombarded with new events that are rocking our world right now. And we're starting to feel the heat in a big way in America. And while media input ranges from the insignificant minutia of Hollywood all the way to the war of the worlds, sorting out what really is happening can be very difficult. It's hard to get the big picture because as you well know, actual unbiased news is no longer reported, at least never on mainstream media. And the propaganda put into our brains every day is taking a huge toll on our country. With each passing day, we seem to uh, be suffering as we watch life get a little bit tougher. And the real question I think that everybody is asking and trying to figure out is, where is this all going? When does it end? You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip on America Out Loud Talk Radio. This is where we speak the truth openly and sometimes very bluntly. Today, I have the pleasure of uh, a very special person joining me. She is powerfully unique is the way I would describe her, and a person whom I believe has insight extraordinaire and who really tells it like it is. Her name is Dr. Lee Merritt. She is an orthopedic and spinal surgeon who served in the Navy for nine years. She is past president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. And let me tell you, she is an absolute champion of patient-centered medicine. And she has a message that you need to hear if you'd like to have a realistic idea of where this is all going to end. Dr. Merritt, I thank you for coming on and joining me today and welcome. Well, thank you for having me. My pleasure. Uh, let's get right into it, uh, Dr. Merritt. You know, it appears that the COVID war suddenly seems to have been declared over, just like that, and just in time for the Ukraine war saga. Now, Dr. Merritt, do you actually believe we are finally through with all that I, I have been calling Corona mania? I mean, is it really over or is there more to this saga that has yet to be played out? Well, I, you know, they never name wars until after the fact, like we didn't call it World War One until after World War Two, obviously. And so this may not be the name that they give this war, but I'm giving it to it now. And I call it the great DNA war against humanity. Now, it's, it's got a lot of factions. I mean, this is what, what if people really want to know what's going on, I would read the book uh, by Colonel Zhao and Wang, they're colonel, the colonels of the PLA, the People Liberation Army in China. And in 1999, they wrote this book called Unrestricted Warfare. I think it's war it, Chinese, it, it's longer title, like warfare for without rules, globalism and blah, 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 blah. But it's, it's about the fact that wars aren't going to be fought like classic set piece battles anymore. They're going to be stealth. They're going to be multidimensional and they're not going to be always fought by nation states. And I think we're in that right now. And the problem is that people don't recognize it. 
The reason I've been speaking out the way I'm speaking out is because I really believe that to survive a war, you have to have situational awareness. It's kind of like, you know, uh, Beirut or um, oh, Sarajevo, these beautiful world-class cities that overnight just turned out into these bombed out hell holes when they had these factional wars take off. Uh, Syria, parts of Syria, overnight, they just went down. And so if people thought their life, if they stepped out of their house in Sarajevo one morning thinking the world hadn't changed, you know, they could get, you know, they're going down to get a cappuccino at the, at the local bistro, you know, they might die because they didn't understand that, the, that something had changed overnight. And that's why I think people need to wake up to the reality of what we're in. And what we're in is a bioweapons war, but it's a really ugly one. And it's not about a, a naturally occurring disease. In fact, if anything, we've come out of this. The good news is when we come out of this and we are going to win, when humanity wins, we're going to be in a much better place because we've been lied to for more than my lifetime. I mean, about basic biology. And people can think that's all conspiracy nonsense, but it's not. It's it, trust me, even in even in my little mind, in the time that I've been alive in 45 years in medicine, things have changed. I mean, they've they've changed the narrative. They've changed reality for you. They've, they've taught these medical students something about the way the world works. That that's not what we believed before. And it wasn't just this wasn't just advancing science. Um, they hid things. They didn't tell us things. And we could see that the obvious things are things like with COVID, this, whatever we want to call this, I don't mind calling it COVID, but I think we shouldn't think of it as a viral illness. But what we do know is that your vitamin D level is critical. Now, we've known that people don't die in flu seasons as much if they have their D level uh, high. You know, in Scotland, they actually give out free vitamin D because they it's, it's government-run healthcare, right? So they don't want you to be a drag on the bottom line. They know you'll be healthier and take less resources if your D level is up. So this isn't questionable. And yet our big hot shots, when this whole thing broke out, nobody bothered to tell us to take vitamin D and to boost our D levels up above 30. Well, and it should be above 60, but it, it was like, it took the Indonesians to study this. And they discovered in their hospital that if you, if your D level was above 30, uh, they looked at just people that they brought in with, with illness like COVID. They thought had COVID. You had a 96% chance of walking out of that hospital if your D level was above 30. But the people that were below had a high rate of going to the ICU and dying. So why didn't our guys tell us this? You see, there's a lot of unanswered questions like that. Um, you know, why did the Rockefellers change the tuning frequency of all orchestras in 19... 20. You know, there, there's a lot of things we're finding out about frequency medicine, about health and wellness. And so I think what we have to realize is that this is purposeful. Um, this idea that it's over, quite frankly, we're in stage four. So here's how I put it together. And, and I don't have time in your program to prove all this with all the data, but trust me, I have it. I can do that. Um, the first stage was not a virus. It was a, the spike protein of the, of the SARS, what they call the SARS-CoV-2 virus. We don't really care about all the rest of it. The only part that makes you sick is this 181 base pair spike protein S1 subunit. So they claim the virus is 30,000 base pairs. Think of it like a great big rattlesnake. Well, the only part that really matters is the tip of one fang. And that can be made in a lab or manufactured from nature into something bad in a lab, manipulated. That's what happened. They made it. And we have a long history of working with contact toxins. Okay. So they make this thing that they call the spike protein S1 subunit. They spread it around three cities and they get this whole thing started. And 
then and if it were airborne it would have gone everywhere but it didn't it kind of fizzled out after a while and i can tell you why because they know how to make these things to be self-disseminating so it looks like infectious disease there's a paper published self-disseminating vaccines for emerging infectious diseases it tells exactly how they did this it, that was an animal study but that was what it, that's how they do this so they they spread around a toxin got everybody afraid and then when the death was starting to come back to normal, like a normal flu season, then they set out with false positive PCR tests. It's amazing to me how many people think we've actually had a test for COVID. We've never had a test for COVID because the, the FDA recognized that these tests were fallacious and they withdrew them from the market, but people still think they're, they're, they're useful. They're never been useful. They're, they're false positives. So they got a false positive test to gin up fear. That drove the numbers of, quote, cases up. We redefined people that were not sick as cases, which is we've never done in medicine before, but it made it look for, you know, very fearful. People isolated in their homes are hearing all these cases breaking out. And that drove them to the next phase, which was phase three, which was getting these, uh, the bioweapon, which is exactly the same spike protein that they told you, whether it was natural or not, they told you. It could a few of these spike proteins in your nose or your mucous membranes in your mouth or whatever could make you sick or kill you. And yet they devised a vaccine from the very same RNA that to make this exact spike protein of the SARS-CoV-2 that would make trillions of copies in your body. What? Okay. So that was stage four was the vaccine, the so-called vaccine. Now, these things were designed to be genetic agents and uh, cancer therapies. And in that regard, they had to be targetable. We knew they were targetable. They are targetable. And they're targeting your testicles, your ovaries, um, your spleen. There's various, various areas that are highly targeted in the body with these things. So that was stage four but or stage three. Now we're in stage four. And what is stage four? Well, we're just waiting for the, the, the demographic shift from these agents. That's really what we have to figure out. Now, we already know that there's a higher death rate, okay? They can lie about COVID. They can lie about whether how many people died this year of heart disease, but what you can't fudge, either you're alive or you're dead. And if you're dead, you have a birth have death certificate. So they can't fudge that. So when you look at all call, what they call all cause mortality, all cause mortality is up around the world. The British are reporting 47% increase in all cause mortality from the ONS, the, their, their data system. Germany just reported 25% up all-cause mortality. Israel's keeping the numbers secret. Uh, the Indiana Life Insurance Company, we heard from the actuaries in America, are starting to squeak. And trust yes. me, if you know anybody that's a, a, a like a, a mortician, I have a, a, a whistleblower that talks to me who deals with organ transplantation, getting the bodies for that, the, the you know when they're still on the vent and things like that. Everything's up, and so they're saying in Indiana, the the actuaries. 42% increase in all-cause mortality. They've never, ever seen that in the history of insurance. They consider a nightmare 10%. Now, keep in mind, this is not the whole world that's like this. It's Western civilization. These are the ones that they targeted with these genetic agents, and we have taken them. So we have, we have and on top of the death rate going up, we now have stillbirth rate through the roof. We have infertility showing up. And we know we have miscarriages through the roof, 83% in the first trimester, according to the Pfizer data that they submitted to the FDA. I mean, that we got from them, not this, not this latest stuff. 
when they when they actually revealed the stuff they submitted to the FDA, 83% in the first trimester, that's four times normal. So um they okay, they, so yeah, so that's what we're facing. So that's right. What, we what you're saying then, yeah, what you're saying then is uh, and I, I agree completely with this, is that the fire is still burning, okay? They're in, as you say, you're describing a phase four, four uh, demographic shift. That is happening, it's going to happen. And uh, one of the most challenging things I have found is uh, exactly what you said, that people are somehow not realizing it. I hope they are waking up. I hope they are realizing that the CCP is involved in a warfare without rules and it is unfolding before our eyes but what really concerns me is that people will not see this until the harm is done and of course anybody who's taken the vaccine now is there you know they they are right. subject to being victims yeah the harm has been done the issue now is that's why they don't care about mandates right now or they don't care about you know letting you out of your house suddenly they don't care about that because they think they want they think that they're, they've taken doubt that, you know, this was a, in my opinion, and I, I just don't have any, there's no benefit of being uh, cautious anymore. We have to speak truth to evil. This was a genocidal um, action. And Definitely. it, was, it was for depopulation and probably transhumanism to change the rest of us into something that could be manipulated. But, but at least at the minimum, it's for depopulation. And anybody that doesn't believe that should read the work or look at the graphs of Craig Parta Cooper, who shows the absolute, you, when you look at the graphs of toxicity versus lot numbers with these, uh, these agents, it's absolutely clearly premeditated. You can see, for example, that they built in a delayed death event. You can see that they uh, had a, a, a dose response curve. They were experimenting on the human race after the rollout because, because uh, Pfizer, you can see how it's very calculated. The, they, they first put out a group of, of kind of random things, and then they sent out a group of lots that were highly toxic. And then there was a pause, and they all went down to baseline. And then, so that was probably, if you were lucky, you got one of the, uh, you know, the, the, the completely false, they weren't vaccines at all, which tells you that this is not about a, a pandemic because you wouldn't do that if they're a pandemic. You'd really Most try definitely. to help people. And definitely. then there was, a, then, then the next group of lots were down a little bit. In other words, they were a little less toxic. And then there was another pause and the pause was exactly the same length as the first pause. And then after that, there was another group of, 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 of toxicity that was yet a little lower and it kept progressing until it made a straight line downward graph to the baseline. That is a dose response curve. That was an experiment worked on the human population. We need to wake up and realize that we are not fighting a nation. Yes, the Chinese are part of the action arm here, but they're not the big bad guys. The bad guys are the people that, that brought you this pathogen and let's just this and this weapon and it's a bioweapon. And let's just keep in mind who they are. This is not any nation state. It's not any particular religious group. It's not any, any, it's not an identifiable, easily identifiable group. It's big money married to big tech. Now, there may be a subgroup because this thing is a racially targetable bioweapon because of the way it hooks onto the ACE2 pathway. But that subgroup is a group of people with a certain genetic line. They know who they are, but you and I don't know who they are. And we don't know who we are for sure. We got ideas. But like I might have that genetic line just because the royal houses tend to have this genetic line and it passes through the mother. 
And it has to do with how strongly the spike protein hooks to the ACE2 pathway. And it's passed through the mother's mitochondria. And it just happens that I am like a fourth generation daughter. So it all through the women from a, uh, the house of Westfall in Germany. So, I, so maybe I was lucky because when I got it, at almost 70 years old. I didn't get very sick. I mean, I just got a little diarrhea. My husband got really sick, you know, and it was because of being shed on. So I know exactly what it was. It was the spike protein. So this thing is a bioweapon. Don't, don't let them kid you. We know a lot of data about it. And then it, and, and quite frankly, this is why they're screeching so hard about Ukraine. If you, anybody, again, this didn't come out just now. It came out to most people now, but those of us who've been paying attention to the bioweapons background of the, of the world, this has been going on for a long time. In fact, it was Sam Nunn and Richard Luger. It was the Nunn-Luger Act that opened this up. And after the Soviet Union fell, these two guys with their cronies and big money guys got together and they just and they and they used the, the former Soviet republics that have now broken away from the Soviet Union and left Russia in the middle there. But they're all around it, like uh, Kazakhstan and Ukraine and these different places. They sold out to the Americans to put bio to 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 and, and they, it was under the guise of the um, threat reduction agency. So the Defense Threat Reduction Agency was one of them. There are a lot of these lettered acronym groups, and I forget them all, but they all have to do with threat reduction. In other words, oh, we'll go in and help them defuse Chernobyl, or we'll go in and help them defuse this bioweapons lab in Georgia, or we'll, you know, and so those are two of the examples. So they, so they converted all these old Soviet bioweapons labs to what they called, um, you know, defense research labs. You know what they are. They're our bioweapons labs. Right. They are booty from uh, winning the Cold War. And so since you mentioned Ukraine, you know, they have found, uh, what, some 18 or so bio labs in there. And of course, we got the word that, no, they weren't there. Then they were there. And then all of a sudden, we're being warned that there's some very dangerous pathogens, some of them bacterial, some of them viral. And so it, it's making people ask, well, what's up with that? Well, as you said, these uh, biowarfare labs have, and biowarfare research has gone on forever. Uh, but what I think people are really interested in is what is now cooking in the cauldron? Is there something else that is possibly brewing with this uh, gain-of-function research? Because uh, even Fauci talked openly about the fact that he was doing research with Ebola. Uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, and that, that's dangerous stuff. If they can make Ebola more infectious, the world is going to be in a, in a heap of hurt. Well, there's a big, big if there. And see, I think, to be honest, I don't want everybody to panic. I personally think they shot their best shot with this one. Okay. They, they've been, you know, they'd like to look at Ebola. Let's just take Ebola. They want to make it, oh my gosh, all these people in Africa, they're dying of Ebola. And by the way, the Soviet Union expressed concern in the 80s that we were creating these diseases in Africa, like AIDS and Ebola and stuff. And that may actually be true. I don't know about Ebola, but the, for example, AIDS and, and now there's Marburg. We're talking about all these things for sure. Uh, there, it's not exactly what we've been told, but here's the deal. They, they told us how bad Ebola was. And they, every time there's an outbreak over there, they want to scare the whole world, but where does it go? You know, a few hundred people die and I'm not saying right. there's right, small numbers, but it's small numbers and it never seems to really get away. You know, a perfect example. Guy comes over to Texas. Remember that a few years ago. Guy comes over from Texas to um, 
from from an Ebola area. He was exposed. He gets sick when he lands. He exposed the plane, presumably, maybe. And he gets sick in his apartment where he has family with him, vomits on the carpet, vomits on the parking lot, trying to get to the emergency room, sits in the emergency room at a major university hospital and is sick for major city hospital, was sick for a long time until he got taken care of. And then it was only then they discovered, oh, my gosh, this guy has Ebola. Then they did all the precautions. But what happened? Did anybody else die from that? I think one nurse got sick, maybe two. That was it. Right. Okay, that so, was it. it, it so didn't go I, if it were really this kind of can't control it, oh, my God, it's horrible disease. Look at what's happening. It, it, it would have gotten away from us there. And it didn't. We, at the same time, we had a doctor that came back bringing he got sick with the Ebola and brought it back to New York City. And he was the only one that got sick and he didn't die. So something's not right here. I really think what the point here for the big picture point to make this simple is that the idea that we have airborne transmission of disease is wrong. Okay. We've been convinced for our generation, the last generation forever, that it was airborne viruses and airborne whatever that got us sick. But every time they've said that in the past, whoops, wasn't it like plague? Okay. We'll go back to the Black Plague. Doctors that wore, in fact, that's my avatar on uh, Truth Social and Telegram. I'm Freedom Doc. And I have the, the plague doctor mask, that two foot long leather thing that stuck out in front of your nose. And that old doctors <laughs> used to put, um, put a sponge on the front and because they thought it was airborne and they thought this vinegar soaked sponge would keep those little animalcules that were floating around in the air from getting them. Well, it turned out, what do we know now that bubonic plague was lice and mice, you know, it wasn't airborne. And then when we go further, cholera, cholera outbreaks, Oh, that must be airborne. No, it wasn't the bad humors. It was water bacterial toxins. And then we go forward to even things like smallpox. Okay. We were, we were convinced smallpox was airborne. We we're told that all our lives. Guess what? Now it's looking like it was bed bugs. It had to be, you had to have bugs on you to get it. You can't just get it from somebody breathing on you. And then it goes, you know, flu. Do you know that there's not an evidence of transmission of flu? People are going to say, oh, that's crazy. She's nuts. nuts. You know, she's an orthopedic surgeon, what you know. I really recommend that people read the book by Arthur Furstenberg, MD, and it's called The Invisible Rainbow. And he goes over the history of flu. And I'm going to tell you, uh, Dr. Cowan has a book about contagion out that's also good. This is the big lie. So it turns out, for example, with flu, we never had seasonal flu until they laid down the telegram lines. Um, and then it never went away. Every winter we had it. Well, what was happening before that when they would have a flu outbreak, it would be every 30 years or every decade or so. And it would be so quickly that it would spread around the world. It could not have been done in the age of wooden ships and iron men. We just didn't travel that fast, right? They couldn't fly there. It had to be by, by these terribly slow wooden ships, sailing ships. So it didn't travel that way through the world. It had to happen spontaneously all around the world. What was going on? Well, a Winnipeg, um, uh, uh, not, not astrophysicist, astronomer, realized that those outbreaks, those worldwide outbreaks of flu before 1850s uh, had to do with sunspot activity and the sun flares. And that as the sun becomes more active, it charges our ionosphere, which charges our atmosphere, uh, our, our whole electrical milieu, if you will. And so that has something to do with it. Now, it turns out 
sickness, all these weird new sicknesses like neurasthenia, neurologic uh, disorder stuff came to us when we laid down telegram lines and then electricity. Every time we've increased the electrification of the world, we've had an outbreak of worldwide illness. And electrification is a big deal. So now we're looking at 5G. We're, we, what happened in Wuhan when this thing broke out? They had just turned on the 5G and they specifically put it in the hospital where Dr. Lee died and the ophthalmologist that, that was speaking out about all this. So they're not telling you what they know. They know a lot of this. The, the, the yes. overlords that are running this show, they know what they're doing, but they're lying to us. And, and I'll tell you, it changes our whole medicine world and our ability to defend ourselves if we understand we don't have to be afraid of each other. We have to be afraid of the few psychopaths at the top. You know, the idea that it's beautiful to think of an airborne that when I walk into a room, even if I'm not sick, that somehow I'm breathing out these little animalcules that float into other people and make them sick. It just doesn't work that way. And, and in, you know, in 1918, I know this for a fact because I was in the military and we studied this about how because William Welch, who was a famous pathologist, went over from the NIH and he tried to figure out what was going on. They did they did autopsies on the dead. They didn't have pneumonia like you would, you would expect a dying from flu in most cases. They had bloody lungs, and, and which is, comes from the lungs being friable, like something was making them very inflamed. And who were these guys? Well, it turns out they were telegram students. They were military learning to use the telegram to go overseas, and they hadn't been around electricity before. And it was the first time we'd ever given this multivalent vaccine, including a smallpox vaccine. We'd never vaccinated our troops before. So 1918 had a lot to do with vaccines and electrification. But what they couldn't prove was transmissibility. They literally had volunteers put their face down against these dying people and couldn't get sick. They, they, had, they took nose and lung goo from these dying people and put them in. Now, you got to admit, this is takes, takes, maybe they weren't completely volunteers. Who knows? They might have been military. But they put them in these people right. that were well, and they didn't get sick. They even tried horses because in 1918, the pandemic, horses got sick. But they couldn't. They could take the, the 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 stuff from a dying horse, the nose goo, and you know, have them eat from a bag and have it sneeze all over that stuff, and they put it on another horse, and it wouldn't get sick. So they never proved transmissibility. It turns out that the flu season has nothing to do with a virus going around. It has to do with differential. Uh, it, it's an energy issue, energy in, energy out. Learn so what you're saying, people. really, you, you're saying that. Uh, transmission, I mean, every pathogen has to have a vector, some way of carrying this infectious agent to right. its host, to the person, uh, in this case, humans who are going to be infected and traumatized by it. And to the extent that they're successful in that, that will determine when, how long and where the pandemics will occur. So what we've really seen recently is uh, that I don't know if you want to call it big government, certainly big pharma. And like you said, those few at the top, uh, they have pirated medicine. Medicine has been completely uh, taken over. It's been socialized. And those of us who are actually getting out there and speaking the truth and actually being real doctors based on our oath, we are the rarest breed and they are after us. They are, right. we are a dying breed. So uh, we're in trouble as far as that goes. Um, let me just shift gears a little. Do you think in this brave new world, would you say that patient centered medicine is, is actually dead now? No, I think that I think government based hospital based 
um, big, big medicine, authoritarian based medicine is dead. Why do you think if you read this is if you go back and you read bioweapon journals and the, what, what they have published out there, I and mean, you know what, that's only about a percentage, probably what's in the background that they know. What they're publishing is all about arthropod vectors, okay? They, they're talking about using ticks and fleas and, you know, mosquitoes, mosquitoes to distribute sure. these bioweapons. Now, what are we seeing right now in California and Florida? Bill Gates has just dumped off some of his new GMO mosquitoes. God knows what they're carrying. That's right. the, If right. people are worried about something, that's what they should be worried about. And, that, and the way you stop this, you don't stop science, okay? You don't stop knowledge. But the few people... What we have to understand here is, and this is provable, about 150 people, men specifically, apparently women need not apply, but about 150 men control the four big funds that control the 10 big banks that control 147 companies that are actually the ones that own the 37 million companies of the world. This was, uh, this was deduced from work done in Switzerland in 2011 by a guy named Gladfelter. So 150 guys, roughly, at the top of this whole pyramid of the world's wealth control probably 70, 80 or more percentage of the corporate wealth of the world. Right. I would look, I would look there for the bad guys. We don't even know their names. Absolutely. They're, and and those that's, are not the that's, Bill Gates. They're higher. These guys are higher up. Sure. That is good news and bad news. And I'd like to discuss that after we take a short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. As Americans, we seek to form a more perfect union. To paraphrase Abraham Lincoln, we are a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And God willing, we shall not perish from the earth. AmericaOutloud.com Liberty and justice for all. Along with a healthy immune system, clean air is vital for optimal health. According to the EPA, we spend 90% of our time indoors, where germs are most concentrated. It's essential to clean indoor air. Genesis is the only technology that quickly, safely, and effectively kills pathogens both in the air and on surfaces in seconds, reducing the viral load in any environment. The powerful, well-built Genesis Fogger produces a dry, ultra-fine mist using HOCL, which occurs naturally in our own immune systems. We'll be living with airborne diseases in the future. New viruses and antibiotic-resistant superbugs are no problem for Genesis. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Visit genesisfogger.com. America Out Loud listeners receive a 15% discount with promo code OUTLOUD at genesisfogger.com slash outloud. 
And welcome back to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip, and my special guest, Dr. Lee Merrick. This show airs, by the way, at 12 and 5 p.m. Eastern, and then it goes to podcast on Monday or Tuesday. You can view also my weekly articles on americaoutloud.com. Just scroll down to our team and click on my name. My goal here is simply to unify Americans and Christians, all patriots, by simply telling the truth plainly and boldly so that we can really figure out what's going on and then do something about it. Today, we've been discussing some critical issues that will actually determine the fate of America. Now, we are being oppressed by a rogue government regime, and it may be a world government regime, using a demented puppet in America to do their bidding. (laughs) We suddenly are hearing nothing more about COVID, and all the focus seems to be on the Ukraine war. Now, is this just the next distraction in in the plot to destroy American sovereignty? It's obvious that the fire is still burning from the COVID war, and it may possibly burn for a long time. And it will take some time to realize the full spectrum of harm caused by both the ramped up virus and so-called vaccine, both created, remember, through gain-of-function research, which has one purpose, and that's biowarfare. The question that Americans want to know is what comes next and how much devastation can we expect from our world in crisis at the present time, particularly when it comes to genetic manipulation and transmission of things that can change us, who we've been forever. Well, there's been a lot of talk recently about transhumanism and the ability to so-called hack humans, as Klaus Schwab's right-hand man, Dr. Yuval Noah Harari, has already declared. Now, this subject, in fact, has been their chief, the chief message in a warning that's been heralded by Clay Clark and General Flynn in their Reawaken America tour. Um, Dr. Merritt, I just am curious, do you buy into this mindset? Absolutely. Harari, by the way, is just one evil psychopathic dude. I'm sorry. I'm going to say Indeed that. Indeed, he is. Indeed. But, you know, I don't want my DNA hacked, and I don't want you doing it with a self-disseminating vaccine that can do it without my will. I'm sorry, but that's where they're going with this. So that's why we need to start by stopping the, the process, not just we can't get rid of the technology necessarily. But right. Yeah. You know, you know a lot of people wonder. Let me, I'm sorry. Let me just ahead. ask you this. Uh, you know, when when uh, Dr. Harari talks about hackable animals, he literally means that he, he claims to have the ability that he can transform a free will human being into a subhuman organism that like a cattle or sheep. And, you know, by the way, the world actually has responded to the propaganda about COVID in that way. So I actually wondered if we've already been hacked sometimes, but the the world certainly has been hacked psychologically, but that's another story. So the, the question I'm wondering now, and I think a lot of people are asking is how does the Ukraine war play into the great reset, the one world order, or do you think it does not? Oh, I absolutely think it does. Well, there are a lot of lot of things to talk about there. Um, again, how do let's start by how do we hack the uh, human human species and animals or whatever they want to hack? Quite frankly, they, it's called bioinformatics, and what they do is, you know, I think this is the way it works. We're, you know, we know from now. 
Einsteinian physics and, and, and the, the, the principles of the Bohr model of the atom and everything, that everything we see isn't really solid. It's made from wavelength. We're essentially a hologram. I, and I think this is actually, it's a, I had a religious moment in a medical meeting one time, and I thought I would never do that. But it's really, I think what we are, is we are, water is an unbelievably uh, interesting thing that shouldn't really exist. We don't know why water exists the way it does, but our water is miraculous and has memory. And water organizes in cells, and it, it aligns itself. It gets energy. Our cells get energy the, from the sun to make our, our cells actually alive with this wa special water. And in the center of all that is our DNA, which acts like a transceiver, I mean, a receiver from, and I think God's vibration, you know, that's what makes us, us and cows them. And everything is a little different. Okay. What these guys have figured out is they, they sequence the human genome and now they've turned that sequences into ones and zeros that they can put onto a computer and redesign your DNA. And that's how they made this stuff. Okay. If you think of what they did here, and, and just from a just anybody out there that was military, former military, you know, uh, military reserve, just think about this. Here's what they did. The Chinese claimed they had a guy with COVID. Now they had no test for it, right? They had no autopsy. He was still, you know, that, that they didn't, they didn't, they didn't have that back then. This is January or December of 2019, actually. And they they took this guy and then they did this completely bizarre. I mean, when you really learn how you realize it's not true the way they're doing this, but they use these PCR tests that were never meant to do this to dipstick this goo out of this guy's lung and create a genome that they said was SARS-CoV-2. So one patient, you know, Chinese researchers and doctors, it gets uploaded to this genomic sequence, gets uploaded to the, to the uh, cloud under the, the gene bank, our pharmaceutical industries download it, and without any real further confirmation, that becomes this vaccine that they they they, they gave to our military. Just just I mean, they gave it to the rest of people too. But think about the military implications there. We're not allied with the Chinese technically, certainly not with the PLA, the People Liberation Army. But we took their word for it. Nobody, we didn't have that stuff. It was their patient, their surgeon, or their doctors, and they uploaded it. We downloaded it. We made a vaccine, and we just gave it to all our military. Okay, I see a real problem with that. So, um, so, so it's. But, but how does this play into Ukraine? Again, I, I started talking about the the the, the Nun uh, Luger Act. Well, since since at least 2015, if not before, it might have been 20, 2005, It was after the fall of the Soviet Union. We they actually took over one of these old bi old biology places, or maybe it was a veterinary place or whatever, and they converted it into, it was a biological warfare place. They converted it into the Nuger, the Luger, Luger, I put it together, the Luger uh, Center in, in Tbilisi, Georgia. It had its, I mean, it's named for him. There was not hiding this. And this is where we were doing biologic research, okay? Under the guise of calling it uh, defense research but really what it is we were we have a whole we have the documents of the money that changed hands and the pathogens that changed hands we were, we had an agreement that they would hold us harmless for any damage to their soldiers or personnel in the area and we were doing and we have a list of the pathogens we were testing these are the classic bioweapon pathogens okay well fast forward to the ukraine we have more updated stuff but what happened in Ukraine? I mean, there's a big political uh, argument about what's going on there, but but 
most people that get into this argument don't know don't know who um, Yanukovych was. But Yanukovych was the duly elected president of Ukraine that we took out. Now, okay, he might have been a slime bag. He might have been a political, you know, not a. He might have been a corrupt politician, at almost as an oxymoron. So, um, but the point is, is that he was a duly elected guy, and then we and the CIA and the Western NATO forces, they they funneled money in, Israel included, funneled money to the Azov. The Azov are the leftover Nazis battalions. When they call them neo-Nazis, I like what Laura, Laura Logan said on Fox News or on some mainstream media and just made the, the, the host was just cataplectic, couldn't speak. When she said, no, no, they're not neo-Nazis. These are really the Nazis. They're left over from World War II yes. in, in, uh, in uh, Western Ukraine. Okay, And so the Azov Battalion, which, by the way, uses the Wolf Songle as its, as its logo. The Wolf Songle was also the logo, logo of the 19th Panzer Division, the Panzer Division Das Reich, multiple artillery divisions for the Wehrmacht. So these really are Nazi uh, battalions. <laughs> these are this is a, a, a militia that now is actually an official part of the Ukrainian military. And these guys took out Yanukovych. They, they made it look like it was a naturally occurring, spontaneous organic, popular uprising, think Arab Spring, but it was actually manipulated by the West and we took him down. Then we put in uh, somebody, I can't remember, that lasted about three three months. And then it was uh, um, uh, Poroshenko. And Poroshenko was a puppet. And at that point, we started taking over the monopolization of the country, okay? The judiciary and the executive branch. This is when Biden goes over, remember, and says, well, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't get rid of that uh, prosecutor, you don't get your billion dollars. So we have it on tape of what was going on. You, wait till you. I mean, I, it, we don't even need Hunter's laptop. We've got all this data about what they were doing in Ukraine. And if you, I pulled the data from Ukraine, just looking at the economic data, it took a big dump in 2014 because that's when they got rid of. That's when all this happened. So they put their puppet in there. Just yes. like we have a puppet in D.C., they had a puppet in Ukraine. The deep state put their puppet in and they fleeced the Ukraine. We sent all this money over to them. They put their kids in the board of Burisma and things like that. You know, Hunter Biden and uh, John Kerry's son. This is a bipartisan effort. So these guys go over and they're they're getting money out of the Ukraine. They We send tax dollars over and have it money laundered to come back to us. That was one thing that was happening. It came back into the into the political coffers in America. But the other thing that was happening, we sent money over and the and we also put in um, uh, Zelensky is also Soros money. And I can't remember the name of the organization, but he was an actor that was, uh, you know, you, you look at how he got in there. They they put they they put him in there. They made him. Oh, the, his his past is d- despicable. It's, it's a completely. Absolutely. He was a clown. Yeah. yeah. And it was a, completely, and, and a, he's a synthetic guy. He's a perfect, yes. he's a made up leader. Just like Absolutely. if you look at what happened to Obama, Obama was a synthetic leader. He was not anybody, but everywhere his whole life, doors were open to him. People walked across his path. People did things for him, paid for his education. He became the head of the Harvard Law Review without ever having written anything for the Harvard Law Review. Because I know that because a friend of mine was on the Harvard Law Review at the time. So uh, it's all synthetic. It just makes to make you look good. But they pick people that are actors. Actors are great or people that are like actors because they can talk and they can move and they can look really good. You, and yes. we have them infiltrating organizations in America that are, you know, some of the freedom organizations, guys that look good, talk good, 
but they're not who they say they are. They were put there. I'm telling you, this is happening, but that was Zelensky. So, so all this is going on. And what they did is they set up this eight, like, I think you said 18, but the Chinese say 30, but there are a bunch of bioweapons labs that we set in. We, we have lists of them. We, you, obviously Putin knew where they were because he did a very surgical strike on those areas. Yes. Um, and, and they're in other countries as well. It's not right. We did it in other countries. We, we did this in the 80s to 90s when all this AIDS and stuff came out of Africa. We were down there with the Project Coast of the South Africans. So we didn't officially take part, but we did officially take part in this. We officially signed documents, gave money. We just people weren't paying attention to these labs in, in the Ukraine. And I think that um, what Putin said in 2017, that that they, that people in the People from America were scavenging their DNA of Russians. And he made the point, he said, and they were not just any Russians. They had to be perfect Slavic people. They had to be purebred Slavs, okay? And we didn't even deny it. The Air Force was doing it, but they claimed it was bioweapons um, uh, defense. It was just defense research, right? But they had a neurosurgeon go over there, and he was sampling CSF central cerebral spinal fluid from their spinal they were paying people he was he was uh sampling that and then he was um taking synovial tissue too and it's a, I, I can tell you that's that's a whole nother line of research for genetic manipulation but they were doing genetic harvesting the chinese complained that we the from harvard in 2000 were over there harvesting their dna and they were complaining and now we've caught the chinese harvesting the uyghurs dna Putin also said that there were birds and things being used to transmit pathogens out of the Ukraine that they were capturing and they know what pathogens they were and everything. In other words, he's been following this for a long time. He didn't just go in there and start with missiles. He was a KGB guy, right? He knows how infiltration works. Yes, he's got the absolutely. data and I can't wait to see it. And I think you're also going to see a ton of data coming out of Chernobyl. Notice he got Chernobyl very early. Well, one of the other big lies that we've been told is how dangerous stored radioactive waste is. And that's not true, the way we, what we've been told. Yes, you can, you can kill yourself if you make a, a, a critical mass and you can have a nuclear bomb. But just this guy up in Hanford in, in uh, eastern Washington used to swim every day. He was the head of the Hanford nuclear recycling stuff. He used to swim every day in the in the pond that used for cooling the, the nuclear reactor. He used to drink the water every day to prove that it was harmless. And, uh, you know, they didn't like that from him. But but the point <laughs> is, is that they're lying. Now, why would they do that? Because two reasons. And he pointed this out. Uh, plutonium is really, really valuable. And if you can't look to monitor it, if you can't audit it, it's easy to steal, okay, and sell on the right, black market. Right. But the other thing is that's a great place to bury the bodies. And I think under Chernobyl, you're going to find the heart of this whole deep state, the whole deep state. I think it's going to be, you're, I think they've got so much data coming out of there. I can't wait. But that's okay, where I well, that, fits in. Okay, so then I, I have to ask this because this is the crux of the matter, Dr. Merritt. You mentioned uh, that there's just these few elites at the top who are running the show. Would you care to speculate on who is really in charge right now? I mean, if you were just to take a wild guess, or do we really, are, are they undiscoverable? Because we need to find out who's in charge, um, even who's in charge of America right now, who's really in charge, because Right. If we Who's want to end the this thing, we have to cut off the head of the snake. And you can't do that until you know where the head of the snake is. Right. Well, 
maybe we don't know the names, but we know the funding, and that's the central banking system. If you cut off the head of the snake, cut the central banking system, this goes down, which I think is what you're seeing happen. Okay, Russia going to a gold ruble. Um, we're not going to be the reserve currency. You know, Trump moved the Fed underneath the Treasury. Um, I think it's happening. I think the central banking, I think this war in, in the Ukraine, as crazy as this all sounds, it has to do with the central banks. And if you look at the history of how we got central banks, and uh, not to name too many names, but you know, we know, we know, for example, that World War II was funded by the House of Rothschild through the Warburgs. The Warburg, Paul Warburg funded the Americans and Otto Warburg funded the Germans. They were brothers. They were both big bankers through these big central Roth, Rothschild European banks. Um, definitely the banking system is run by a few people at the top. Okay, so and if that's very removed, wealthy. what next? If well, the central bank system is removed, what happens next? Well, you know, Putin is a nationalist and he's an Orthodox Christian. Let's just back up and say... This is a war against both. They want one world government, Klaus Schwab. I mean, I almost think Klaus Schwab is a, is a put up guy. I mean, he's just too, he's almost a cartoon of himself. He's like Blofeld in the Bond movies, you know, you know, Klaus Schwab. He's like, you won't own anything, but you'll be happy. It's just, it's just <laughs> too funny in a way. But, but they're set, look, it's like, I don't remember who said this, but, you know, there are only probably a hand, a room full of these guys really in charge, pulling the levers. Everybody else is a paid minion or, you know, a satanic uh, ritual uh, buddy. I don't know. It's a, it's a really ugly control mechanism that controls the world right now. But what we know is it's a few people at the top, but there's 7 billion of us. I think I see a way out of this. <laughs> you know, uh, sure. the answer sure. is the, the it, wars have three stages. And the first stage, if you're going to re revolt, the first stage is educating each other why we need to revolt. That's the Great Awakening, which I think we've kind of done that. I think we've I think we can't keep rearranging the deck chairs talking about what's in the vaccine. That's old news. Either you've taken it or you haven't taken it. If you've taken it, unfortunately, you're now a GMO human. You've transhumanized yourself unless you were lucky enough to get one of the the control ones, the the placebos. I hope we're going to find a way out of that for people. I, I believe in the, in, in the power of prayer, but I also believe in the power of American ingenuity and medicine. And I think we're not going to give up on that. But right now we have to say that we don't know how to get that out of there. So there's that. Okay. But on the other side, you've got these other people that haven't been vaccinated. And I don't know anybody that's not vaccinated that's going to run out and change sides. That's going to suddenly get vaccinated now. I think people, right. Are, so right. that awakening has happened. So, so the second phase is non-compliance, is passive non-compliance. Do not comply. And no matter what they tell you to do, you've got to remember, these psychopaths that gave this, they don't, care, they don't care about you. Their avowed goal is getting the earth under 500 million people, okay? And that means killing off over 7 billion of us. And they've written, they've, they've, they've had, this is what they have their meetings about at the highest levels. We actually have one of those codified notes from one of those meetings from 1954. It's called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. Everybody should read it. I actually know uh, G. Edward Griffin. I was, I, he told me one time, he said, um, who, he, he wrote the, the, uh, the Creature of Jekyll Island, and he's a famous researcher, great guy, over 90 now. But I was I gave this talk and I mentioned Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. It's a tiny little booklet. And it was the story is it was found in a recycle bin 
in the federal recycler and stuck in a Xerox machine or something. And this guy that looked at it realized what he had. And it was just notes from a meeting that was held in 1954 that had been kind of reproduced a few times. And he saved it, you know, cleaned it up and then published it. And I, so that's, so the provenance though, is what I'm getting at is that G. Edward Griffin said, that's a true story. You want to meet the guy that did that? I said, oh, absolutely. So I'm hoping to do that soon, but that's what's, that's what happened. And that, it tells you all they, that you need to know about these guys. They, they, they're going to pick a weapon. They say in that book that um, it's that we won't understand. Okay. They're talking a lot about economic weapons, but, but what they're you know, this, this fits with a bioweapon too. The public will not understand it because it's technically complex. So they won't know who's telling them the truth, who's not, and they won't know how to defend themselves. And they won't know even know who to join to, with to, for defense. I'd say that pretty much nails what was happening here. And their goal that they espouse is they said, ah, you know, there are too many people in the world and these stupid humans are just too, uh, they reproduce too much and they're greedy. And so sure. what are we going to do? Well, these, this killing them in wars just hasn't really worked out well for us. You know, we funded both sides. It just hasn't really worked out well. It makes too much devastation. We just need a way to deal with this with benevolent slavery and genocide. And I would opine we are now in that phase of genocide. And if, the, if we don't get these, these other things reversed and we don't win the demographic war, we're going to be dealing with a, a weird form of the zombie apocalypse where these people that have taken this, this transhumanist stuff, if, especially if they keep taking it. I think you need two things. I think you need a dose level that you, you know, they want to keep dosing you because they, that's easier to get these, this, this nanotechnology into you. It's going to change you. And anybody that thinks this is just voodoo, again, they lay it out. If you read the nanotechnology journals, if you read nanotechnology warfighting journals, they lay this stuff out what they can do. There's a Zelenko, Dr. Zelenko told me about a, um, a, a copyright, a patent, and I actually have the number on my computer. Um, it, and it's, it's for patenting an electronic device that the subjects, we are the subjects, will carry. Now, the, the, the fact checkers want to denigrate this idea, say, oh, they're talking about cell phones. No, 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 not necessarily. If I have a, if I have a pacemaker, that's an electronic device that I carry and it's internal. And they sure. talk about these things will be that I will, it's a proximity device. So if I get close to people, let's say I, they don't tell how long, but let's say I've set it for 25 feet. If I'm within 25 feet of somebody or 10 feet of somebody, I'm, I'm giving a lecture and there's a first row. I'm going to broadcast from my internal network my ssid just like your modem does in your house so you can be wireless which i don't recommend hardwire your house but um you know i can i'm going to broadcast my ssid to that front row they're going to all broadcast to me and we're going to swap and then we get a score based on how many we've swapped now if i were sitting in the back of the audience i might share it with a lot more people because i'm closer to a lot more people that score then will be when you walk by a server later, that score gets uploaded to some device in the cloud. And then you get a thing back on your cell phone of advice. That's what this, that's what this says in this patent. Now the advice, they don't tell you what it is. It could be go to a FEMA camp. You're going to be interned. You were at church too much time, right, or it right. could, because they know where you've been and they know how many people you've been around, or it could be, Oh, you have to report for a new vaccine now. You know, I mean, this is as ugly as it gets. And it's also going to be a way that you're going to have digital money. Do not let them bring in. One of the big things we cannot do compliance of is digital money. And so on a practical right. it's note. It's a sure way. Yeah, because sure they can just turn off electronic cars. 
they can turn off your transportation remotely. And they will period. do it. And they, and will, they will do, do it. it at some point. Don't well, listen. We're, we're running out of time here, Dr. Merritt. So um, I think what you're saying is that we need to continue to educate ourselves, stay on top of it all. And above all, do not comply. And that is absolutely great advice. Uh, Dr. Merritt, I really thank you for being on the show today. I think you have some great insights and I so greatly appreciate your zeal for sound medicine, for truth, and for American liberty and justice. And that's what this is all about. You are definitely a true patriot. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I'm, uh, they can find me at themedicalrebel.com if you want any more info. I try Absolutely. and put everything. And I, will, and I would certainly recommend that everybody uh, go there for sure. Um, we need to be informed. The medicalrebel.com is where yep. you can find Dr. Merritt. Um, and I thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. Well, the unfolding story of America right now is actually truly looking pretty grim. We're in the middle of a turbulent storm that is causing a lot of deaths and destruction, but we must realize that our fate is not sealed. We have a simple choice to make. We can continue to cower in fear and obey all the mandates of a rogue government, or we can actually stand up and fight the tyranny. We are not powerless. We are not unarmed, as are so many other oppressed countries. We do have the resources among us to take back our free republic and restore it. We must, because that is the key to stopping the Great Reset. But it will take resolve to uh, demand and obtain accountability for all, including our leaders who supposedly represent us. It takes resolve to demand justice for all. And it takes resolve and a fighting spirit to crush the evil that is now destroying America and literally threatening the world. The real question is, are we willing to do it? And if we answer yes, then America's fate is by no means sealed. As soon as we do take a stand, we will see a new dawning of freedom in the United States of America, and that can surely spread across the entire globe. Please do not be a spectator in this war. Do your personal best for your God and your country. And please let that effort begin today. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip, and my guest, Dr. Lee Merritt. Until next time, adieu.